Thanks, Pastor Christy. Well, good morning. You having fun? Good morning so far, I hope. Right? Hasn't been long enough to mess it up bad. Right? It is great to see you on a beautiful day. My goodness, you never know around here. Well, look at, they got me a director's chair. We're starting a series today that's uh, called Blockbuster. And uh, we're going to talk about movies. You ready to go to the movies? We're, we're going to have a fun seven weeks. This is just really going to be a good time. We're looking at seven different movies, one movie each weekend. And we're talking about the theme of the movie. We're not really endorsing uh, a couple of these movies especially. And we're not asking you to go see them. All right? But most of them you can. But I know next week's is one that we wouldn't recommend. because. But it's we're talking about it because the message of the movie we don't believe is true. And we need to talk about that and think about that. So it's just going to be some fun. I hope you'll in, enjoy it with us and uh, we'll have a good time together with that. I, I get to talk today and lead the series off with a movie called Inception. How many of you have seen it? How many of you understood it? Okay, about half. Yeah, that's about right. I've seen it like three times and I, I think I get it now because my kids kind of helped explain it to me. <laughs> How many of you are at that stage where your kids help you? It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But uh, it, the heart of this movie really is, is this. They induce through drugs into people they want to manipulate. They induce them with drugs and they put them in a dream. And they use this dream to plant a seed in a non-real estate or a non-real state of their mind so that when they wake up, they will believe it and they will pursue it. So what happens is they get these ideas planted by the criminal and then they, they wake up and they want to go make that happen. And then it, it, it puts them right into the hands of the people who forced this dream on them. It's a very complex movie, and I'm not going to try to spend a bunch of time explaining the movie itself. But it poses the question, is there truth? And that's kind of the banner message that I want to talk about with you today. Those words, your mind is the scene of the crime. Your mind is the scene of the crime. That... That is exactly what this movie was about, is getting into someone's mind and creating things that were not true in order to commit a crime. And I would like to just say, I think Satan does that all the time in our world today. He plants seeds in our minds, expectations, characteristics, um, cultural norms, consumerism issues, wants, desires, pleasures, that may not please God at all, but we justify the pursuit of them because we want to go there. We want that to happen. We want that result. And the first thing that I want you to write down in your program today on the back, there's a, an outline, follow along, is this. Cultural tendencies push us to an easier path. The, the tendencies that we have in our day-to-day -day living, our routines, the norms of our culture, especially here in America, push us to find an easier way to live, less restrictive. Don't tell me what to do. I'll decide. This is my life. It's none of your business. 
And that always leads us to finding the easiest path. John chapter 8, a very famous passage that you will know as we read it, 31 and 32. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You guys, that's in poetry, that's in, in music, that's carved in stones around the world. Many people who say that quote don't even know it comes from the Bible. But you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, before I dive into this complex uh, message and, and the thoughts about it, I need to just quickly tell you about a moment of truth that Bonnie and I had just a few weeks ago that, that still kind of blows my mind when I think about it. We are going to be grandparents for the first time. So, yay! Yeah, I'm excited. It is. It's really exciting. And Brent and Erica, when they told us, they, they did this kind of tricky thing. It was real clever what they did. And so they were at our house, and, and they did this thing that, that helped us to kind of go, oh, you're pregnant? You know, it was that kind of a moment. And, and then they cried, and we cried, and we hugged. And, and then I'm, I'm kind of walking around all day going, is this real? Is this real? Is it a boy or a girl? We don't know yet, Dad. That takes a while. You should know that. I know, but I need to know because I need to buy them something. <laughs> so I'm already looking at stuff. I'm already thinking about, wow, is it true? Is it true? Sometimes we, we have truth in our lives that it's hard to believe. And sometimes we believe things that it, they are not true. And it's It's confusing. And our culture helps it bring it to be, be, being confusing. I was on a four-wheel drive road uh, just the last few weeks, and it was muddy. And the vehicle, I was trying to stay on the high side of these ruts that were down here, but the mud, there was no matter what I did, it just slid down to the path that was, had the, the least resistance. There was nothing I could do to get it out of those ruts. And I thought about that in terms of my spiritual life and your spiritual life. How often our culture, it, it throws mud around us and it, it, it puts stuff in our lives to where we just slide off of where we want to be into the ruts of the norms in our culture. And it's tricky and it's confusing because sometimes I don't want to be there. But I end up there and it's frustrating. How does the truth set us free? Jesus wouldn't have said it if he didn't mean it. So, so what's the secret about being free because of the truth? I think commercials are just another example. And I, I know there's some great commercials, but commercials plant seeds in us. That The idea of a commercial is to plant seeds in you to want something that you may have never known about before. Have you ever just been really content and happy with what you had till you saw the commercial? And you went, oh, I really need that. That, that's God's will for me. After all, we all need like a 20-foot LED big screen TV, right? To, to put on the 10-foot wall in our house, right? Yeah, amen. Yeah. And, and even if we can't afford it, we can just get a new credit card, right? That'll pay for it. it this goes, this cycle, this desire, this, this want, sometimes it's based on a falsehood in our lives, but we want it to be true. And so we run right through the truth line to grab it. 
because we either deserve it or we need it or it will make life easier or it will be better or I, I need this relationship, I need this, I need that. And before you know it, we are consumers and we are wanting the very things that people have told us we need to want. You with me? And we were fine before we knew about it. But suddenly now that we saw it, we need it and excess doesn't really matter. Listen to this song. This is a country song by Dirks Bentley. Don't know him. This, I don't, I'm not saying he's bad or good. I'm just saying listen to the message of this song. It's speaking about alcohol, and it's called Tip It On Back. It says, tip it on back. Make it feel good. Sip a little more than you know you should. Let the smoke roll off your lips. Let it all go, whatever it is, and tip it on back. I don't want to lose this feeling, and I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to remember what I'm here to forget tonight, so tip it on back. Now, I'm telling you, it's probably a clever song, but the idea is go drink your problems away. Get enough of a buzz that you're not going to remember. And let me tell you something, all of us have things in our lives that we would like to not be thinking about. So just in the natural tendency of our culture and the stress of, of anything we do in our world could naturally push you towards excessive actions in your life regardless of whether they are healthy or in God's plan or not. Because after all, we deserve it and it feels better when I do this. And that's the lie. That's the implantation of a dream and an expectation that we want to be true and we want it to happen. The second thing in your program is this. Free will, this is a tricky one. Free will, which I believe we all have, tests self-control. Because you have the power of choice, you don't always have to make good decisions. <laughs> Let's read from 1 Peter, and the rest of this is from 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter says, so think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. That's the works of the flesh. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. And, and we can't be holy without the Spirit of God working in us and through us. You can't be holy in, in your own flesh, in your own strength. And I think that's obvious to us all. But through God, we can walk in righteousness. Now, Let's just get this right down to brass tacks real. When you have free will, which I think is a wonderful thing, but it's also challenging because it means you can choose. You can walk right out in front of a truck. Now, it might hurt you. You could die. But you have that choice. You can choose to lust. You can choose to be greedy. You can choose to overdrink. You can choose to gossip. You can choose to lie or cheat. You can do that because you have free will. Nothing's going to stop you. What if, what if when we were created, God would have put in our brains a little electrical pulse 
that every time we committed to committing a sin, in other words, we crossed the line, this little blast would go off in our brain and it would like give us a migraine headache and it would knock us to the ground for like five minutes and we would wake up going, I'll never do that again, right? How many of you wish that were the case? You would never sin again. How many of you would have a miserable life if that was, no, don't raise your hand to that. God didn't do that. He gave us free will. And, and here's the problem with free will is that self-control doesn't have to be exercised and there doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's a immediate, a, an immediate consequence. I've, I've counseled with people who, they don't know how they ended up in this deep canyon. It's a pit now. It started out with one little decision 20 years ago. Well, I just, I just thought I would try this one thing this one time, and I was with some friends. and they, But because there was no consequence, and they got away with it, and there's no pain, there's no suffering, all of a sudden they're, they're going down this road, and they don't realize it's not a road of truth. They might believe the dream. They might believe it's reality, but it isn't. It's a trap. But we don't always feel those traps. What happens in Vegas... Does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it is a marvelous ad campaign. <laughs> you know why it is? It's a marvelous ad campaign because it's what people want to be true. A place where I can go and do whatever I want and no consequence. I'll just pack up my little suitcase and head back home and get back to my real life. But wasn't that fun over there? It's a lie. It's an inception. It's a dream. It's, it's that which is not real, which you want it to be real. And there are consequences to those behavior. See, we got to get this part straight because this is tricky, especially our, our teenagers and young people in these auditoriums today. Do you think God was up in heaven when he created us and said, I'm going to make life miserable for them and I'm going to tell them they can't do anything fun because sin is fun? No, that's not God's intention. God, God knows sin destroys you. And he knows the boundaries that you don't know. He knows the DNA of your body. He knows how disease can start. He knows where the lines are. And it's really important that we follow the truth line so that we are not deceived because God loves us that much and so he's trying to give us warning about things that we should not be partaking in. He loves us. We need to exercise self-control in the battle of our mind because it is the crime scene. It's the mind. That's where Satan does his work and then it leads to an action, then a behavior, then a habit, an addiction, and before you know it, you are living in something that's not reality. You are living in a hellish reality. And Satan has trapped you, and he has won. Number three, are there, conse are there consequences to ignoring the truth? I would immediately say, yes, there are. And, and we need to talk about that, what those might be, and why it's set up that way even in our culture. Verse 17, the continuation of 1 Peter, remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. 
So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in the land, in the pilgrims. It means people who aren't made to stay here. We have a different destination. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you and in these days. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Even though we want to pursue truth, I would say the majority of us would say, I want to live in the truth. I don't want to live a lie. We don't always see the lines because of the culture we're in. There's a graphic that one of our research team members sent in that I want to put on the screen, and I want you to just look at it. It's an interesting graphic. Are those red lines going up and down straight or bowed? They appear to be bowed. That's the idea of this. But they, if you put a ruler to them, they are perfectly straight. But what happens is because of the imagery and what you see when your eye looks at this, you see these lines going out and getting bigger, and your brain pulls that red line with it, even though that's not a reality. It's not true. Those lines are perfectly straight. But your environment and the surrounding make them appear to be bent. What's the point? The point is, even if you want to walk in truth, sometimes culturally, you don't know where that line is. And it can be really frustrating to be living a part of, in, in this world, in our lives, and saying, God, I want to please you. I want to do what you want me to do. And yet, I'm not sure where those lines are. Now, in, in the movie Inception, how many of you noticed that thing spinning when, the, when it first came on? Anybody remember what that was called in the movie? A totem. A totem. And, and I don't know exactly why it was called that, but that's what they, why they called it. And... Here's what its use was, and this is an important part for, for us discovering truth. In the movie, everyone who was going to go into a dream, even if it was two or three levels deep, because they could create dreams that would go from one dream, and then you would dream you're having another dream, and you would dream you're having another dream, I think down to four levels. And so, so you might wake up from a dream and still be in a dream, but feel relieved that you're not in that dream anymore, but you're still dreaming. You with me on that? Okay, watch the movie. It'll make you really not understand it. Um, so what they would do is they would pull out this totem, and they would put it on a hard surface, and they would spin it. And if the totem fell over, what did it mean? It meant that you're truly awake and you're in reality. You're not in a dream. But when they would spin it, and it would just keep spinning and spinning and spinning, it was still a dream. And that's how they knew they were in another level dream. What is my totem? That's, that's the question I think God put on my heart. Northrop, what is your totem? What is your line of truth? How do you know if you're living in reality? Because of these images and these lines and you don't see the truth line. And I'll tell you, this book right here is the totem for the believer. It's the truth. I don't even like everything this book says. <laughs> you say, really? Really? Because it's hard. I mean, this book addresses issues in, in my life every single day and, and the things that make me tempted. And I have to have self-control, and that's not always easy or fun. 
but it's the totem. It's the line of truth that we need to pay attention to. And if you don't have a line of truth, when I think of people who don't believe in the Bible, I feel sorry for them. What, what is their line of truth? Relativism? Well, it's only true if you believe it, and it's not true for me. And how confusing is that? Talk about a non-reality life. If there are no absolutes, then how can you, how can you live your life with fulfillment and passion? I feel bad for people who, who don't believe there's truth. I really do. So do I want to know? That's the big question I would throw out to you. And don't just shake your head like, yeah, of course I do. Wait a minute. Do you really want to know if you're walking in the truth of God or not? This has been on my plate for a few weeks, and I've been thinking a lot about it. Do I really? Because I think consumerism gets me sometimes. I think I've, I've purchased some things I didn't need. I think I've eaten some things I didn't need to eat. I think there are things in my life that I go, I don't think that's necessarily sin, but I don't think it's probably the best because I love my wife. I love God. I love my family. I love you. I love the church. I have a lot of things right in my life. But am I willing to look at the things that might not be quite right? They're right according to our culture expectation. But are they right according to God's expectation? That's where it gets fuzzy. And I say, God, help me. I want you to reveal that truth line to me. I don't want to ignore that truth. I want to live in the reality of where I really am. You guys, I'm not trying to heap a bunch of shame and guilt on you at all. That's not what this is about. This weekend, is, it should be refreshing. It should be pulling you forward to say, yes, God, I don't want to live a fake life. I don't want to live in a non-reality world. I want to really be engaged and walking in the truth so that my mission on this life and in this, on this earth can be fulfilled. Number four, how can we live responsibly? This is, this is the question that brings us down to some final thoughts. In verse 22, it says this. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the what? The truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Wow. Well, we were cleansed from our sins when we obeyed the truth. That does not mean that by what we did, we were cleansed from our sin. It means that we found the truth because the truth isn't a commandment. The truth is a man, a man named Jesus who spoke the truth and whose truth we have written. And now we identify with that and it changes our lives and we walk according to that truth. So being cleansed from my sin, if you're not cleansed from your sin, you can take care of that today because Jesus paid the price for you. And you can repent of your sin and you will be forgiven of your sin. Then you must walk in that truth. You, you, God doesn't want you to walk in a lie. He doesn't want you to just say, I confess my sins and continue to commit them. He wants you to walk in the truth. That's where freedom comes. And then to love each other with all of your heart. And that's another convicting thing. I don't know. Do you love, do you love the church? Do you love God's bride? The bride of Christ is the church. When I, when I think about the people who are non-faith-based, like they don't believe in God in our world today, the Bible tells us how they should know us. You will know those people who follow God by the what? By the love they have for each other. 
That's, that's how we are designated in the word of God that other people will know we're followers of Jesus. And I, I've thought about that too this week. Do I love you that much? Do you love the bride that much that you will care and you will pray for her and you will sacrifice for her? That you will give your life for her, that you will love her deeply. That's convicting. You know why? Because our world teaches us to take care of good old number one. And, and people get the leftovers. And it's just, a, it's just a convicting thought to think, what's the depth of my love and loyalty to the bride of Christ, the church, and to you, to one another? Wow, it's just, it's huge. Number five, and finally, is this. What is the reality of eternity? What, what is the, the truth about us being eternal beings? Because I don't always feel very eternal, but you are eternal. You, you, you will never die. Now, your body's going to die. But let's look at this, verse 23 and following. You have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because... or. Because it comes from the eternal, the living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever. What an analogy. It's, it's a strong analogy for us, especially because we live in Colorado. Now, we are used to seasons, right? We see four specific seasons, and it's just amazing to live here. I mean, look at this day, the sunshine, the blue sky. They're saying, what, 12 inches of snow by Tuesday? <laughs> Crazy. Who knows? I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's just this idea. We're in the spring. We're going to see the trees start budding out and greens coming back. In the fall, we see grass begin to go dark and gray and brown. We see the flower that fades away year after year after year just think how short our life is to say we're the grass that withers we're the flower that fades i walked by i walked by my wife's nightstand yesterday i don't know why i haven't noticed this before i must not be very observant but i walked around the bed in her nightstand and i saw a picture of someone on there and i went and looked at it and it was it was me It was, it was my high school graduation picture. And I looked at that and I thought, was that really me? No wonder she keeps that there because he was handsome and he, he, he was nice. It gives her hope that that's the same guy. <laughs> Have you ever just looked in the mirror lately and went, dear God, help me. You just wonder what happened. You just think, where did that go? The grass withers. The flower fades. There's death in your body. There's no escaping it. We will all die. But we will all live forever. The real you lives forever. That's why. Walking in the truth will allow you to do the mission of God and not live a lie. Live and walk in the truth. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. 
for truth. Thank you that there is truth. And thank you, God, that you lead us to that truth. We love you. We love you. With heads bowed in this room, just, just for a moment, would you just go straight to God in your mind, your heart, and give it all in this moment? I want to pray with those of you that would say, I, I'm on a mission to really know the truth about me. It's a vulnerable question. Honestly, it is. Because we make assumptions that we're fine, we're all right, because culturally we're above the pack, we're ahead of the pack. Well, I don't do that. At least I don't have that habit. We, and it's, it's all this justification. But what is God revealing to you? You can't, you can't hear, again, not shame. I don't want you to go there. I'm talking about a refresh button that says, wow, this is what you were born for. This is why I live. This is why I have breath in my body. This is God's plan for me. Do you really want to know that? If you really want to know that, and you'll say, Holy Spirit of God, I'm going to open myself. I want you to reveal over these next few weeks who I am, and I want you to show me patterns that I'm stuck in that I wouldn't even know. But I'm going to be vulnerable, and I want to know you more and walk in that truth. Raise your hand if that's you. Father, you see our hands. You know our hearts and take us on. Take us on and, and let it be on a little trip, a little journey of revelation in these weeks and months ahead that we'll have moments when we go, wow, that's the Spirit bearing witness of truth about that thought or that attitude or that selfishness. Wow, God, help me. Let me see myself as you see me, not as I see myself. Secondly, how many of you would say, I'm, I've, I've been in that revelation, I've been seeking that I I'm having trouble living in that truth I'm having trouble I know some things about me and I'm not hiding it and I've admitted it but the discipline and the self-control to live it out I need the strength of the spirit you can't do it in your own strength and so if you need to depend harder on God that's this invitation right here to say yes that's me raise your hand if that's you and you know it's you Lord help us give us strength give us insight give us the ability to have that self-control that your spirit leads us to, to start with the little things, those little thoughts, those patterns. Don't let the crime scene be in our mind, oh God. Help us to recognize it and deal with it then. The last thing is for those of you who are not, a per maybe you're not a person of faith. Maybe you don't even know if there's a God. You don't believe in truth. I just want you to know that God loves you whether you believe in him or not. He believes in you. He really does. You say, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He created you for a higher destiny than you're going to ever know without him. And you'll never find the missing piece in your life without him. You don't like to hear that. It might even make you mad to hear that. But I think it's the reality. And I challenge you to give God at least a try. Open your heart to him. Talk to him. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, let's start a conversation. Say whatever you, tell him you don't believe in him. That's still talking to him. He'll put something in your heart that you don't have now. Start that journey. Cleanse my heart, oh God. Lord, we give this to you. We trust you. And we thank you for the fact that the truth sets us free. Glory to God. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I love you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I'm excited to be on this journey with you. As a matter of fact, uh, next week, 
the, the movie is Eat, Pray, Love. And it's a movie we would not endorse. As a matter of fact, its message is one we're saying we, we don't believe it because it's, it's the search for meaning in life. And do you have meaning in life? So I hope you'll be here for that. We also kick off a new series, uh, Wednesday night, Pastor Brent and the Wednesday night team called What is God Like? And I hope you'll be here at 645 at our next major gathering. Should be a really, really great, great time. Ushers come, would you? And they're gonna serve you some popcorn right now. We, de we decided for these seven weeks, we're gonna take our offering in popcorn buckets. So kind of enjoy that. We might even surprise you on one of these weekends, so don't miss it. We might have some popcorn out there. So that could be kind of fun. Good, good stuff. Lord, thank you that we can give with honesty, vulnerability, trust. Thank you for the generosity of your church, your bride, people who have a bigger vision than their own life and their own financial picture, but who share with others. Help this church to always be a funnel, God, both in labor and in finances, to do good works, to give, and to be faithful in stewardship. Thank you in Jesus' name. If you're a guest, we don't expect you to give, okay? Drop your connection card in as it goes by. Sing this song, it has some great lyrics. I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come up here right now. Some of you just need to spend a moment praying with someone up here to say, pray with me that I'll be strong this week. Whatever the need is that you bring today, take a moment and do that. Lots of tables out there, serving central. Make yourself at home, hang out a little while, talk to others, and uh, remember as you walk out of here that the service starts now. Go make a difference. Thanks for coming to Timberline. God bless you. Have some good dreams this week.